everyone. Welcome to episode 24 of the Film is Dead podcast. The date is the 7th of March 2021 and my name is John. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm James. And this week we're going to take a look at the 1979 film The Warriors, directed by Walter Hill. But before that, we'll uh, have a quick catch up. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing all right. Mm both doing good yeah any, any news or anything or uh, not not personally no there's obviously new, movie news and stuff we can talk about but not much has really happened has it with lockdown still mm. light at the end of the tunnel a little bit now isn't it? But... yeah still in lockdown uh, that's the thing though like I, I was talking to my sister earlier and we both were just kind of like we so much both felt a bit irritated with life at the moment, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, when you're just a bit like frustrated with things, kind of what have you. Yeah. And it's like it is that light at the end of the tunnel thing. I think that basically lockdown is going to like start to ease off at the end of the month, and then carry on easing off into the middle of August when shops will open again, stuff like that. Mm. Hopefully, anyway, that's the plan. Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but it just feels a bit like. Oh yeah, we're nearly there now, like at the end of the tunnel. But when you think about it, there's still six weeks before like shops will be open again and stuff like that. Yeah, that's like summer holidays for kids. You know what I mean? That's like long time, really. Yeah, it's ages away. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just saying, like, it just feels a bit like we're just all ready now to get back to normal. Obviously, I know COVID's still happening and what have you, but just feels like we're all in a position now where we're like, right, come on, let's let's get back to normal. And it's like, no, no, another six weeks yet before (laughs) before shops are open. <laughs> That's it, though, isn't it? It's like um, then I was just—it it felt like there was light at the end of the tunnel, and then you remember the last time when they dangled the metaphorical carrot of you know hope in front of our faces, and said, "Actually, now you, you to lock down again now." Yeah. That's the thing like, we mentioned on the last pod, but hopefully this will be the last big lockdown. But I mean, I mean, the thing, yeah, the thing is, he has said like it is not going to be. We're never going into lockdown again if we do come out this time. But we've still got the chance where it just like actually yeah it's not going to work. Uh, we've got mm. we've, we've got the new Brazilian strain. We're going to have to stay in for another year. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. Like uh, Boris said before, didn't he? That uh, Christmas would not be cancelled. It'd, it'd be inhumane to cancel Christmas. And he went and did it anyway. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> He's got a track record of uh, going back on his word, kind of thing. Yeah, I think any politician does though, don't they? Yeah, pretty much, especially the in the Tory party. Yeah. Absolute disgrace. It is. But yeah, I've not got any other any other real oh uh, just one other thing on, on the lockdown thing. I was talking with uh, one of my friends on Skype last uh, on a Zoom, sorry, last week, having a Zoom chat. One of my friends, John. And we just just it really hit home like he's got two young children. It really hit home kind of thing that if if I was a kid when this would be happening, when lockdown would happen, I'd be driven out of my mind because, like, when I was a kid, I was just out playing football all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every night of the week, I'd make, me and mates be out playing football. Can you imagine being told for a year that you can't go out and play football with your mates? You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I'd be driving insane. So I just feel like the impact it must be having on children, kind of thing, that I've not even, not even thought about personally, you know, because yeah, I've got kids or anything. Fucking crazy. What a world, eh? It's like an entire generation is just going to be kind of like written off kind of thing. No school, can't go out and play with the mates kind of thing. Emily's Emily's uh, mate, um, 
has just had a baby what, just like a year ago. And it, it's not seen anyone for like a year. It's just weird, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like those those years of being a kid, they've just lost a year basically from the childhood. Mm. <laughs> it's absolute, absolutely crazy. But yeah, hopefully, uh, I'll keep saying it, but hopefully we're nearly there now. <laughs> we'll look back on this and laugh, won't we? Yeah. That was a fun time. Yeah. Just another little bit of news. Uh, we had another poker game last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I was talking to my, my other mate on Zoom, I didn't join the Zoom chat till late. I think you'd left by then, Nick. Is that right? I, I didn't even join the Zoom. Oh, do you not? Oh. But, but I, <laughs> I, didn't uh, I, I didn't leave the. I didn't even join the Zoom. But uh, uh, yeah, I'd got off before before you would have gone. I think. I think literally, I, I lost. I lost and went out, and I literally just. I, I was right after you. I think. Oh, did, yeah, yeah. I, as soon as I left, though, I just went. I, I just logged off. I was like, yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, I was on a on another Zoom call with one of my mates, so I finally jumped on the the poker Zoom, but uh, I went out pretty much straight away. But the Hoyles, uh, Ben, went and won it again. Did it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's really annoying because like I would have won that game as well, but I was just like distracted kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Frustrating, but uh, like, mm. Ben was nearly out at one point. I think there was three or four people left, and Ben was down to like, I think it was about five thousand chips, and you know the, the other players had about eighty thousand or something, and he somehow managed to worm his way back to win it, kind of thing. <laughs> but like, it's just so frustrating to watch because, like, if I was there, I'd have cleaned up at that point, but because I got, I got distracted earlier and got uh, got eliminated quite early on. Yeah. yeah, that's true. It's always a nightmare when that happens. Yeah, hate that. <laughs> <laughs> hate that. Yeah. Yeah, Ben managed. Ben managed to get another lucky win, so. Good, good for him. <laughs> yeah. Another little win, but uh, that's all I've been doing, really. Nice. Yeah. You guys got anything else before we get into uh, movie news? Uh, no, I don't think I have. No, no. Cool. I mean, I say movie news. The only actual movie news I've got is that a, uh, a trailer dropped a couple of weeks ago for Mortal Kombat. Did you guys both watch it? No. Have you really not? No. No, no. I've... I've, I've, I've... Sure, I heard about. Oh yeah, I heard about Mortal Kombat new film going out yeah. on that. Did you watch it, Nick? I might. I don't. I don't know though. I can't remember if I've actually watched it. I've got to admit, like I, I'm not one to exaggerate, but <laughs> this would be like the best film ever made. <laughs> it, it looks so good. I've heard a while ago that they were doing like a new Mortal Kombat, but it, it just sounded so cheap and low budget and like a bit of a welfare knockoff kind of thing. Yeah. I thought, oh god, that's going to be awful. It's like an unknown director and stuff like that, but it actually looks really good. <laughs> like, yeah, they've, they've nailed all the elements of Mortal Kombat kind of thing. They've gone back and to like the mythology and actually done things right as opposed to the last films kind of thing. Okay, the last one was like the nineties, wasn't it? Or something. Yeah, there was two in the mid nineties. Uh, mm. The second one was garbage, but the first one was actually pretty good. But it just, it just didn't follow the plot of Mortal Kombat much, you know, in terms of the yeah. story and stuff like that. But like they're doing like a really like hardcore kind of fan thing with this one. I think maybe they're like copying the Marvel thing. They're trying to appease the actual hardcore fans, you know what I mean? Like by more friendly sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like to the point of like Sub Zero in, in Mortal Kombat history. In the first Mortal Kombat game, he was evil. Hmm. And then after the first Mortal Kombat game, he was a, a different guy basically who was Sub Zero. Sub Zero got killed in the first one, and a, a different guy took over his younger brother or something. Right, there was a hero after that, but this film's doing the whole like evil sub zero thing with uh, it's called Behan, the actual character. 
Yeah. And they're doing him as like the uh, the evil guy. And in, in the video games, Behan dies in Mortal Kombat 1 and goes on to become like Noob Cyborg. I don't know if you've heard of him at all. Or... No. I know who Sub-Zero. I've seen Sub-Zero before, but that's about it. Yeah. So they're doing the whole like evil Sub-Zero thing and it just, just looks like class. <laughs> it's really good. And Is Sub-Zero... Uh... Oh, sorry, go on. With Sub-Zero got like an alter... Uh, opposite, like is it, is it Raiden or Raiden or something like that? Uh, Scorpion, like most oh, this kind of thing. Yeah, he's in it as well. Like it looks like they've done Scorpion right and stuff like that. Oh, pretty cool. Uh, but it drops last month as well. But this, this is the thing: it drops on HBO Max in the UK. I don't know how we're going to watch it. Hopefully, we can just pay to rent it or something like that. Yeah, I bet they will. They'll put it on like uh, like Amazon Prime or something, won't they? But you have to rent it. Probably. Hope so. Because they did it with Wonder Woman, didn't they? You could rent that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah What's happening with HBO Max? We don't we're not gonna get HBO Max in the UK, are we? I don't think so. Maybe in the future, but do you know anything about it, Nick? Or I think I think they might be planning on actually doing it eventually, but it's not it's like quite a ways down the pipeline, I think. I think that mm. I think that's what I last read about it anyway. Well, HBO isn't even a thing in the UK, is it? Like, in America, it's big, isn't it, HBO? But I think uh, <clears throat> it's Warner Brothers, isn't it, who own it, who own HBO. Yeah, yeah. So it's basically Warner Brothers streaming service. I think it's like a rights issue because a lot of the films they might have on it in the US, they might not have the rights for it in the UK. It might be a different studios and what have you. A bit like, uh, you, you guys have probably both noticed, but Disney Plus had... A, a big film drop a week or two ago. All the stars. Star. Yeah. And that was all the 20th Century Fox films, which mm. they acquired a couple of years ago. But they couldn't put it on there until now because of rights. Like uh, Netflix had had the rights to half the film and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. So they had to wait for it to expire, sort of thing, did they? Yeah, exactly. They had to wait for it to expire before they could put it on there. So I bet it'd be a similar thing with Warner Bros. I bet like all of their films would be like uh, streamed out to different services and what have you until like the end of 2021 or something, you know what I mean? So maybe yeah. in the future we might see it, but I think in the short term, I can't imagine seeing it anytime soon. Hopefully uh, uh, the Justice League will uh, be coming out on like Amazon Prime as well. Yeah, is that, is that next week now or something? It's like two weeks time or something, yeah. Yeah. If it's on Amazon, uh, John, should we do a, a watching party on Amazon? We could do, yeah, do a little watch along. <laughs> There's a feature on there now, isn't there, where you can actually watch it on, a... on Amazon? I know, yeah. Disney, I know what Disney Plus do, yeah. Oh, do they? Amazon, yeah. I'm sure Amazon's got it now where you can do like a watching party and just like log on at the same time and watch. Oh, I'll be well up for that. Yeah. <laughs> how, does that how does it work, the watching party thing? Well, I think it's like this, wouldn't it? Just seeing each other on video while watching the film kind of thing. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I think I think that's about right. Yeah, so me and Nick can just like listen to Jimbo ranting about uh, <laughs> <laughs> just this week. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. That though, that that'd be a good laugh. That. <laughs> that that that'd be an interesting idea to do for like a podcast. All of us instead yeah. of just like uh, just talking about a film, we literally talk over a film, but hopefully we can split it up so that we can take the sound of the film out of the recording. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Can yeah. well. watch it with headphones off, but then can't hear each other then, can we? No. <laughs> yeah, we'll figure it out. 
Yeah, that sounds like a laugh, that. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's all my news, really. You guys got to tell, so... Hmm. Uh, no, I, I, I can't think of any movie news that's happened recently. Yeah, it's been a quiet time. Like, hopefully uh, Godzilla v. Kong will be out as well in a couple of weeks, so that's something, something new to watch as well. It is, yeah. Will we be able to just, like, rent that as soon as it comes out? Yeah, but that's another one as well. Again, like, it's a bit annoying, really, we haven't got HBO Max, because all these top films are just dropping straight onto HBO Max. And we can't enjoy it kind of thing, you know what I mean? We're, we're stuck with Disney+. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> paying for things individually and stuff, renting them and stuff. Yeah. That's something worth mentioning, though, like, just while we're on the streaming thing. It's I do grudge renting shit, I really do. I begrudge it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, I've even found stuff recently. I, I, I begrudge doing this, but I'd rather do this than pay to rent something. I've been doing fun stuff on the YouTube just to watch for free kind of thing. Yeah. I watched uh, I watched a couple of shitty Amateurville sequels on YouTube because somebody just uploaded them on there. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I'll, yeah, I'll watch weird shit on that. <laughs> yeah, Pitch Call was pretty good, so <laughs> give it a watch. Exactly. <laughs> but is it me or is Netflix getting like worse than ever at the moment? I think so, yeah. I feel like they've not uploaded anything new in the past, like, two months. And if they do, it's all the wrong shit that I don't want to watch. You know, like the, like this, the Dig. What's this, The Dig? I started trying to watch it, you know, the, the new one with Ray Fiennes. Oh, I don't, I've not even heard of that. I think it's you might have mentioned it on the last pod, but... Yeah, and I, we started watching it, it was just, uh it was just drab. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I literally uh, signed up again, like, two or three weeks ago, purely to watch that Cecil Hotel thing. Yeah, yeah. Watched that and I've not watched anything else on it since. I've basically paid like 10 quid or 11 quid, whatever it is, just to watch that Cecil Hotel thing. It's actually gone up by two quid, uh, two quid a month now as well. Yeah, I saw that. It just feels to me like they're, they're gambling on their own content being good enough yeah. to uh, get people to sign up. But I don't they think it's load. They should just get like 100 or 200 older films and just put all them on it, buy the rights to them. This is the thing. No, I think they're in, a, they're in a bit of a corner now because Disney have just got all the 20th Century Fox stuff. Mm. So they've lost all that because Disney have got it. Then they're competing with like Amazon who are buying the rights for a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? So it feels a bit like there's loads that's of them now. Comes, there? There's loads of them now as well. There's like uh, Apple TV and stuff. Surely they're buying the rights to certain films and now yeah, TV's yeah, got a lot of the big ones as well. I know yeah, Amazon do originals but it's mainly netflix originals that seem to be the only ones that are consistently coming out at the minute though apple tv yeah. do a lot of stuff as well now tv stuff, apple tv yeah that stuff's actually probably the, the best original stuff i've seen i think like netflix other than the irishman and mank which was pretty good i don't know anything any of their original stuff that i actually like you know what i mean mm, that's true and all the ones that we say are Netflix originals aren't actually Netflix originals, are they? Like Annihilation wasn't even a Netflix original, was it? Yeah, exactly. They just bought bought the rights to it afterwards, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I feel like watch the space, but I think like Netflix might be in a bit of a bit of a corner at the moment that if their own material isn't good enough, they could be a could be in a bit of trouble. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, but yeah. Other than that, guys, I've, I've got nothing else. Have you? You guys got anything else you want to mention? No. No, I don't think so, no. Don't, can't think. I genuinely can't think of anything. Else. 
that's been announced or anything. But yeah, it's been a bit of quiet time. So in that case, uh, if you're both okay with it, we'll get into our main film, which is the Warriors. Absolutely. Warriors. <laughs> I'm out, I'm to, out play. to play. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> okay nick have you got a synopsis there do indeed in the near future a charismatic leader summons the gangs the street gangs of new york city in a bid to take it over when he is killed the warriors are falsely blamed not sure about that that spoiler um and now must fight (laughs) their way home while every other gang is hunting them down (laughs) okay here's a clip Warriors, come out to play. Warriors, come out to play. Warriors, come out to play. Everybody packed? Yeah. All of you stay behind me. I'm going to take him out to the sand. What about you? You ready? Let's do it. So, uh, yeah, you just mentioned there in the synopsis, the near future. Is that is that a thing? Yeah, I, thought... I think so. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I think it said at the beginning of the film, like, this is a little bit in the future or something like that. Oh, right. This could not, this could not be more like... Late seventies New York pitch ride no. kind of thing. like the uh, just the attitudes and stuff is so outdated kind of thing like the way women are treated and stuff like that and, uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of raping going on that's just like okay isn't it it's like yeah you go and rape that girl that's fine well that's the thing like the in terms of getting on getting on the side of the warriors for them to complete their mission kind of thing yeah it gets really frustrating when like they're determined just to go and like chase some girl or something and it's like you, you, you're gonna get killed yeah. <laughs> not all they're bothered about is speaking up with girls and stuff <laughs> right. Right. like the ajax character that's all they've cared about isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah. Ajax. he's like one definitely the most iconic character i think in this film yeah. but like yeah. he's the yeah, only that, act- that's his downfall <laughs> ajax is the only actor i actually recognize from the entire cast really what well, well, have you done other stuff now is it well, he's an old man now, um, and he was uh, yeah. he was the he was Dexter's dad in the TV series Dexter. Of course, he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. James Ramar is going to come on to this. Uh, yes, he was Dexter's dad. He uh, mentioned in Mortal Kombat before. He played Raiden in Mortal Kombat too. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> but uh, another big one, like recently, he's become like a bit of a big QT guy. He was in Django Unchained, playing t- two different characters. All right. Yeah, I know it came up with Django and Chain when I when I was looking through the cast, but I, I didn't know I didn't do enough research to see who he was in it. He's <clears throat> like uh, the bodyguard for Calvin Candy. Uh, but he also plays a guy at the very start of the film. I don't know if you remember this bit, but uh, Django gets kind of like I think the uh, the gang that Django's tra- traveling with get held up by two like cowboys or whatever. And some guys like uh, state your business or prepare to get winged. State your business or prepare to get winged. That's, uh, <laughs> that's James Ramar before he gets killed in that scene. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, so he's, he's like, a, yeah. 
is Ajax. He had done loads of stuff. But a couple of other cast members. There's another one, Nick, that you'll you'll know. Uh, <clears throat> the guy who plays Luther, who's the bad guy. Do you recognise him from any? You know, I recognised him, but I, I, I was like, I couldn't. Even when I went on IMDb, I didn't recognise anyone else. But James. yeah, it's called uh, David Patrick Kelly. But like the big one that you'll know him from, he played uh, Jerry Horn in Twin Peaks. Oh really? The, yeah. Oh, the oh my god, he did. He absolutely did. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Brother of Ben Horn. He's got that kind of face that it, apparently he's like the nicest guy ever, kind of thing in real life. But he always yeah. plays weasels in film. He looks like yeah. is he the right? Warriors. Is he the Warriors? Guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. him, Luther. Yeah, he absolutely is. Yeah, that I recognise the face, and that is, yeah, that's why I recognise the face from Twin Peaks. <laughs> he played yeah, a badass, didn't he? But right at the end of the film, he was just like a little boy, like a little baby <laughs> yeah. bun. <laughs> After he got stabbed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was the most dramatic stabbing. <laughs> Did he get stabbed or did he get an elbow to death? Because that gang had a habit early in the film of just elbowing people. To just, death. just, 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 just that. <laughs> he sort of made a circle around and just elbowed until elbows. Yeah, yeah. The strongest bone in the body, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, literally, my first note I've got there is the gang are obsessed with girls and sex. Like, yeah. they're just like a really horny gang, aren't they, basically? Yeah. But uh, I'll just mention it's directed by Walter Hill, who like went on to become like a bit of, a, bit of an action film director. He did like uh, Forty Eight Hours and stuff like that with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, right? And uh, Red Heat with Arnie. He did that. That was a good film, actually. Yeah, and uh, Brewster's Millions. You know the comedy with Richard Pryor did that as well. I know the is that where he, he just, yeah yeah he wins a lottery or something like that, or he... he's got to spend I think a million dollars in like a day or something. Yeah, yeah, like a, allowed, yeah, there's rules to it or something, yeah. Yeah, but like a supermarket sweep kind of thing. It's like you have to yeah. spend a certain amount of time. If you can't do it, you don't get the money kind of thing. Is Dale Winton dead? Dale Winton's dead, isn't he? I think he is, you know. He is. Yeah. 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 R.I.P. You know what? I didn't know Dale Winton was gay until about 10 years ago. How, I how, you, know. how well, could I you thought, not know that, John? <laughs> well, this is the thing, though. I knew that he was dead camp, but I thought that... It was almost like part of his act on Supermarket Sweep. Right. Um, I remember talking to like one of my work colleagues, Lee Pierce, about 10 years ago. He was like, well, he's gay. And I was like, no, I know he looks like he is gay, but I think he's just putting that on. He's like, no, it's not. And he's like, yeah, he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> he's one of the gay guys I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like part of his act or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, it probably was as well. He was part of his shtick, wasn't it? Yeah. But like the film starts off with a... It's basically all of the gangs are meeting up together, aren't they? Because uh, Cyrus, the big gang leader, yeah, has organised a big meeting for all of the gangs in New York to come together, so that they can like organise a truce, so they can fight the police, basically, and, like you know, go to war together. Really. Yeah, and you get like a cool montage, don't you, of all the gangs kind of thing uh, making their way to the location, yeah. so. Uh, which is quite good, like all the little subway montages and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, Clockwork Orange references, I think, as well. I'd reckon, yeah, like the droogs and stuff, like that kind of that kind of thing. The, uh, but like the weird when, gangs, they've got a certain style and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, like so, like like the droogs and what have you. With the they've got the bowler hats, haven't they? And the, uh, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. But like there's the shots of the subway going past and like the credits kind of like come come towards the camera. That was pretty cool. Yeah, quite a stylish opening for you know a film in the, in the late seventies. Yeah. 
thought that was quite good. But yeah. Talk about the, the release date. Like, it was in 79, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you'll know, but when I went on Google, it said the release date in the UK was 2001. Oh, really? It, I, wonder, it, I wonder if it was part of the video nastiest thing. Like, like, did we not have access to it until that point? Or what? I honestly don't know, but I know it was controversial at the time when it came out because of just like, I think gang violence was quite bad in New York at the time. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it seems funny now to think about looking at it now, but I think it was kind of like considered really violent at the time when it came out. All right. You know what I mean? Like a bit, of, a bit like the Joker film last year, like thinking it might incite violence or something like that. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But uh, a lot of the a lot of films that came out in the early eighties in the UK got banned. Like Evil Dead got banned. All Texas right. Chainsaw Massacre. And yeah, Texas got banned as well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they only actually then came out again in like late 98, 99 kind of thing. So for like oh. nearly 15 years in the UK, we went without being able to watch like these classic films kind of thing. That's mental to think that, isn't it? Yeah. And like that, that kind of played a bit of a part into it because I went uh, with one of my mates, Kev, to watch Chainsaw Massacre when it first got re-released. And we were like, oh, I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be terrifying. You know, it's been banned for 15 years. And you have these expectations of it and then you watch it and you're like... Don't why? Why is, yeah, why has that been banned for 15 years? <laughs> I, mean, I, love the, I love the film now, like, kind of thing. I really enjoy watching it, but it's, like, not scary, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no. One, one thing I remember, when I was a kid, we used to have Terminator, the original The Terminator on VHS. Mm. Uh, and it was an 18. Yeah. But I'm sure I've checked more recently than that, and it's a 15 now. I think you're right. I think they've uh, reclassified it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that was considered almost like a horror film when it came out. Kind of what it is kind of graphic though. He chops his arm off, but he chops his like it's pretty graphic and his eye comes out. But it's it's gory, isn't it? But even just the nature of the Terminator, he's basically like Michael Myers from Halloween and so, you know, like the storm yeah, somewhere. It's a horror film. Like a girl basically, like trying to kill her kind of thing. Yeah. An unstoppable monster, basically, yeah. Yeah. Um, and another one that's got, got banned that I think maybe we could talk about in another part in the future if you want to watch it. Yeah, Cannibal yeah, Holocaust. Yeah. You know what? I've never seen Cannibal Holocaust all the way through. Mm. I know it got in trouble for like, uh, it has like actual animal deaths on screen and stuff. Don't it? Yeah, that they kill snakes and stuff and, and other animals. And it's a bit obviously at the time it was fine. It's... But like looking back, it's like you shouldn't be hurting animals, should you, for a film? No. Yeah, I think a turtle as well. They kill a turtle on screen. Right, right. Yeah. Well, maybe that yeah. could be a film that we talk about in the future, because I, I think people might be interested in hearing about what it's a strange film, isn't it? And it's, it's a production, I imagine, was a, was a little bit unusual as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'd say the whole uh, video nastiest thing, that'll be a good little uh, discussion for the future. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely. But, like, going back to The Warriors, like, one thing I do like about it is it starts off with all the, uh, all the gangs meeting, and you, you almost, I mean, I wasn't thinking this because I knew the way the film went, but it's almost as if like the film's going to go off into kind of like the politics of like gang leadership and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like uh, the, mm. the internal politics of these gangs kind of thing. Have something behind then, it. Exactly. Yeah. Like see the details of it kind of thing, but quite a complex idea. But then like they kill Cyrus. And it just turns into like literally a 90 minute chase movie after that, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, it goes. It, it could have gone off on this completely different path, but this one action turns it into just a 90-minute chase movie, which I, I, I thought was quite a good idea kind of thing. I quite appreciated that. Yeah. 
Yeah. And at the end, I mean, obviously, spoiler alert, but why why does the main gangster guy with the big sunglasses do? Why does he just believe the warriors that it was them? Like what? I didn't totally get that. Like, was he just stood behind him listening when he was when he was saying that like I did it and stuff? <laughs> and he had his whole gang behind him, like a gang of like forty blokes, fifty blokes, and he's like, All didn't you hear up. him walk up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stuck up behind him. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that. Oh, actually, no, there's something earlier in the film. They find out from someone, because the radio girl who's been putting the messages out all night. Yeah. Or she changes changes the message at one point or something. Oh, I can't remember now the exact detail. But I'm sure they find out from somebody else earlier on that it wasn't the Warriors. Right. It, okay. it, it, it weren't, like, early, early on. It was quite near the end. Um, someone yeah, walked... but someone about walked... five minutes before that, though, maybe. Before that final scene or something. Yeah, yeah, that... Some guy walks into the sunglasses guy and says, uh, um, yeah, just I've got news, it's not the Warriors kind of thing. Yeah. It's Jerry Horn. Jerry Horn from Twin Peaks, he's the one who's done it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the bit, though, uh, the bit where Cyrus, you know, the, the guy giving the speech, he repeats this thing where he's like, can you dig it? Suckers! Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I was half thinking it was going to go into the Booker T theme or something. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like Booker T. <laughs> Booker T theme was like, can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> can you dig it, you sucker? Sucker! Is that where Booker T got his, his ideas from? This is the thing, like, when I was watching, I was thinking, like, of course, Booker T got his little slogan from the Warriors, and it? it must have been, like... But yeah, watching it, I was thinking he was Booker T. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then going back to quite, there's quite a few um, phrases that aren't really used in modern day times anymore. I mean, even just simple ones that I thought of. Yeah, well, they used, the F, they used the F word twice, I think. Yeah, so it was kind of rare to hear in 1979 yeah, swearing like that on, on camera. But it's some not, words uh, like... Oh, sorry, uh, it's a, I mean, like the, the FA word, you know, in terms of... Uh, Offended. Oh, sorry. The um, they did, didn't they? Yeah, they used that about two or three times. No, no, no. Yeah, and he was like, "Well, you're gonna make it just look like like that yeah. sort of thing like that." Um, yeah, I, I thought that was unusual, and it was accepted. But then also the rape was accepted as well, wasn't it? So swings and roundabouts. Is that the Ajax bit? Yeah, Ajax was just a rapist, like a horrible guy. Really, was it? He wasn't really a likable guy, was he? Oh, definitely not likable. But I was wondering about that bit. Like, was he? He was coming on really strong to one. He definitely was. Yeah, <laughs> he was. But then she was. She was into him. She was saying, "Like, you got big muscles. I reckon uh, me and you could have a good time." And he's like, "No, I think I'm just going to rape you instead, love." Exactly. I was thinking that, like, it's that entrapment almost. <laughs> <laughs> no, she was into him though. So he like, could have just gone the non-rapey route. You know, done the normal things. If he stayed, was like, no, actually, I don't care. Like, if it's if it's mutual, I'm gonna just rape you anyway. If you don't, if you... yeah. Like, what a way, like, he's probably like the most recognizable face in the cast. Like, everyone knows Ajax. I think who's watched the film. Yeah. What a way for him to go down. Like, that's just the end of that character. You know what I mean? Like, you don't see him. Like, Never hear from him again. Trying to rape someone. <laughs> Getting hit in the face with like some weird looking copper with like, with a baton. Yeah. What the fuck were the baseball bat men all about, though? They, they didn't even know how to play baseball, did they? Or hit anyone with a baseball bat? 
<laughs> yeah, the baseball furies. They were shit. Again, like you, you look at it now, and the action is not very well choreographed and stuff. No, no. But uh, you know, it's a product of the time, and it's kind of thing. Like, uh, so I'm okay. I'm okay with the action not being great. Yeah, it's a bit like a bit like a John Carpenter kind of thing. I'm, I'm gonna come back to John Carpenter later, but a bit like uh, Man of Escape from New York. The action in yeah. that. In fact, I think Snake Plus can actually fight a guy with a baseball bat in that in, in a wrestling ring. It wouldn't surprise me. It's really similar to swinging the bat at each other kind of thing, you know. And yeah, and doing like the the blocks and the yeah, the blocks, yeah, yeah. So it's very similar. Yeah. I think Escape from, Escape from New York was a bit late. It was eighties when it Escape from New York. Yeah, early eighties. But I think John Carpenter took a bit from this, maybe. Hmm. Yeah. But also, uh, I'll just mention it here. Like the Radio Girl in particular reminded me of Assault from Precinct Thirteen, and I think that might have been late seventies. That right? I've only ever seen the remake of that. Ah, uh, right. Just the idea, she's putting messages out to the gangs to, you know, to who, to, who to go and get, kind of thing. Who to kill, yeah. I think a pirate yeah, radio station or something would probably like to believe in it. Yeah. Just really similar to uh, Assault on Precinct 13 in terms of, like, they, they put a message out for the gangs to go and uh, assault the police station, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Just uh, reminded me, I've got real similar vibes, kind of thing, with that and some John Carpenter stuff. Is it worth a watch, Assault on Precinct 13? Oh, definitely, yeah, it's class, yeah. Any any John Carpenter before like from before ninety eight is worth a watch. I'd say. Okay. All right, fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. Mentioned John Carpenter, uh, which meant like again mentioned the action a bit like Escape from New York is a bit rinky dink kind of thing. But, but yeah. I'm fine with that. It's just the props of the time into kind of thing. Where, uh, weren't really trained. Sort of, uh, weren't trained martial arts or anything really. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There was no like. Uh, no Jet Li coming into no. the summer. <laughs> no. What do you guys think of uh, the character Mercy, who's the, the female that they come across when they, uh, when they meet the orphans? That's and then it. she sticks around for the rest of the film. It's, yeah, it's the I know she didn't like wearing a bra. I know that much. <laughs> oh, that's literally... My, my next note, what do we think about Mercy? No bra? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> It's not really, it's kind of a, a glaring sort of... Uh... Yeah, I can't really miss it, can you? <laughs> but I've got to admit, I think she's the best character in the film. Like, yeah. She's got a bit like of a tragic backstory, like she mentions later on to Swan, that like uh, she wants more than just being like... The implied, basically, all she does is like, you know, suck guys off the weekend kind of thing just to survive and what have you, but... Yeah. She doesn't want to just be like some woman just stuck at home with a load of kids and what have you. Because he said you, you're some whore, and he's like, "Don't call me that." She was offended by that. Yeah, she's saying like she does what she has to do to survive, kind of thing, to to live the way she wants to and what have you. But I think she's an amazing character, kind of thing. She's the only character in the film with any kind of backstory or depth. I think the rest of them are more wooden than her. Right? Yeah, I mean, we'll just jump to it now. Like, I think the best scene in the film, like, is a bit later on, where. I think there's maybe like four or five of them left and they get on the subway to finally go home. Yeah. And a it's couple daytime of them... now. Yeah. The sun's come up now. Yeah. And a couple of kids get on the... Uh, well, I say kids, they're probably like in the 20s or whatever, but they get on the train with yeah, their, with the girlfriends and what have you. They're wearing prom yeah, clothes, like... aren't they? They've been to a prom. Is that what it is? Yeah. The... yeah on the end credit, it said people wearing prom outfits. Oh, really? I didn't realise that. Well, that makes sense because they drop a flower thing, don't they? Yeah, they like Austin Powers. Yeah, yeah. 
But there's just a little bit like where they're having a laugh kind of thing with each other, but then you realise like they've got on the wrong train kind of thing. <laughs> In the wrong neighbourhood. Yeah, the wrong neighbourhood. They get off, they get off at the next stop dead quick. Mm-hmm. But before that, there's one little scene where like Mercy goes to like, they're just sat looking at each other. Yeah, I know what you mean. And Mercy goes to adjust the hair. And he knocks a hand. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Swan puts a hand down as if to say, like, you're not like them. Don't try and be like them, kind of thing. Yeah, like, don't, don't, you're, you're a messy bitch. Don't, don't try and blow <laughs> yourself up. But you know what I mean? Like, after what she was saying earlier about, like, she wants more than what she's got, kind of thing. Like, she wants, you know, she wants a different kind of life. Yeah. That's what she wants, basically. But, like, you well, know, she's, she's not allowed that, is she? Yeah, it's like, don't even try. Like, that isn't you, kind yeah. of thing. You're part of the gang now, sort of thing. You'd, You've fucked. Yeah, exactly. But like they go on from there, like to talk about them two running away and stuff, don't they together and stuff like that. Mm. So you know, I just think she's she's like the only real character in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With any kind of depth. <laughs> That's true. She threw yeah, him under the bus right at the beginning, though, didn't she? Like right at the beginning, she was like, sort yeah. of staying to the, the gang. I can't remember what the gang that she was in was called. Well, you mentioned before, like I've got a note here, like the best gang of the baseball field was definitely they look the coolest. Yeah, they just. The mental one. Yeah, but these clowns are the worst. Uh, the orphans, they're called. The orphans. Oh, yeah, that's the ones. Like, they've even got a crap name, like, you know, like... That's shit. Sound rubbish. You yeah. come up with something better than that. Therefore, I mean, I don't know if... I mean, are they actually orphans? I, I was going to say, they're probably yeah. actually orphans. They look, they look orphany. They do, but, I mean, yeah. just, it's just like... It's just asking for pity, that, isn't it? Like, calling yourself the orphan. That's what I mean. Like, at least aim high kind of thing. Like, call, you know, I don't know. <laughs> call yourself... The, the baseball orphans or something. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, they're definitely the worst gang, and no wonder she wants to get get out of there, kind of thing. Yeah, they were pretty shit then, weren't they? Yeah, she's like, get me out of this gang, but whatever you do. <laughs> but yeah, we, uh, covered. Uh, oh, that's the worst gang. Covered that. A oh, one little line that Ajax has when uh, they fight the baseball furies. Thought was quite good. He says to her. Uh, one of the baseball furies. I'll shove that bat up your ass and turn you into a popsicle. Yeah, I love that <laughs> line. Quite a good line. <laughs> actually, it was in the on the YouTube video, uh, the hundred greatest movie insults of all time. It's actually in there. So. Oh really? <laughs> That's good. Uh, one of the cast member that <clears throat> didn't mention earlier was the guy playing Fox. Is an actor called Thomas Waits, but he's got like curly hair. And he's the one who gets thrown in front of the train by one of the policemen. Uh, he was in the thing as well. Right. And that's the, the only reason I recognised him. When I saw him, I thought, ah, I know that guy from somewhere. I looked Another car train. into reference. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And uh, I thought, like, oh, he's probably one of the main guys because, you know, I've seen him in something else, basically. Yeah. But he, uh, he fought the, the cops in the in the subway and gets, gets thrown onto the tracks in front, of, in front of one of the trains. Yeah, he does. Yeah, 20 minutes in. Just like Jesus, <laughs> they're not pulling any punches. <laughs> I was thinking about this. Like, there the, the, the people, and I mean, there were people of ethnic minorities in the warriors as well, and they were running away from the cops, and the cops weren't shooting them. So, obviously, some things have changed, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> they must have had guns. That, that must have been it. If they'd have had guns on them, they'd have, yeah, <laughs> they'd have fired away. <laughs> uh, mm. Pretty much down to my last note, really, but the uh, the fight at the end in the toilets with the, I think we called the punks, that gang. Yeah. Well, that was quite good. That's one of the best fight in terms of. Only thing is, if you're, 
It, well, yeah, it probably was, but, I mean, if, if you're going to go and fight somebody, you don't wear bloody roller boots, do you? <laughs> True yeah, that, yeah. I mean, you could just literally just push him away, and he would roll the way that he pushed him. <laughs> and, in fact, I think he does get killed straight away. I mean, like, that's, he's, like, the first guy to go. Like, he gets sprayed in the face with the, with the warrior <laughs> spray paint. <laughs> Definitely not practical for a fight, that is it? <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> But yeah, uh, other than that, like the, the, the bit at the very end where uh, Jerry Horn from Twin Peaks catches up with them in uh, at Coney Island. Warriors. Yeah, that bit there. Come out to play. Mm-hmm. And he's got the uh, the beer bottles on his fingers doing the noise. Yeah. Apparently that was improvised by oh. uh, by the actor, yeah. That's actually very really cool, yeah. Yeah, he just came up with that on the, on the set kind of thing and they just kept it in. And it's the most famous line from the film, isn't it? Yeah, that's the, the thing people know of, isn't it? Of, uh, mm. When you think of the Warriors, yeah. yeah the yeah. original film, I mean, because it keeps coming back to like a comic book sort of thing. Did it do that in the original one, or have I just watched like a more like a more modern version of it or something? You've watched the director's cut, right? The, the version I watched didn't have that. Oh, really? I was yeah. gonna, I was literally going to mention this in a sec, the uh, comic book thing, because like it made me it made me look. Oh, see if it was actually from a comic book, but yeah, I thought that. Well. So, how did you guys watch it? Uh, I watched it online. Yeah, online. that makes sense. No, I watched it on a now TV, but they must have the original version then, because apparently now, if you try and buy it, you can only ever get the director's version. Really? And I was wondering, like, how now TV just got the original cut of this film, kind of thing. But yeah, apparently, how long was it? what was the length of the film? I think it's about 90 minutes to 100 minutes or something. Right, so not, they've not added anything to it. It's just made it. Maybe, I think it might be like the Blu-ray version because it was it was in HD, so. Yeah, the Blu-ray version of the director's cut, apparently. Um, but yeah, the, the one I watched didn't have any of that. When I'd heard that there was a director's cut with comic book panels in it, I was like, it's weird. I can't imagine how they'd even fit that in kind of thing. It's literally just the way that they do it is strange. It's just like, what they'll pause an image at the end of a scene it will just become a cartoon comic strip. Then the camera will pan Ken Burns style to the next frame. And then that image will become from a cartoon to reality. We'll just say at the bottom, like what's happened. It'll make a, just a short, uh, say the warriors have escaped, but, and then an ellipsis. And then what they would do, they, they, you know, there was something else that happened after it. It's, it's interesting what they did, but I, I can't remember it being in the original DVD that I watched when right. I went through the film. Yeah, like I said, the version I watched didn't have it in. I think I'd rather not have it in, to be honest. But mm. I might give it. I might get it on Blu-ray and give it on the watch or something. Uh, yeah, definitely do that. Yeah, it's a classic film. I mean, it's, as we've as we've discovered, there's not really much to talk about about it, is Because it's it's. A, I think it's a bit, if you have a few beers and you're just chilling out and you're watching it, I think you'd enjoy it more than if you just put it up on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. Like. I can totally see why it's a cult film, but I think we mentioned earlier that like. After I first watched it, I was thinking, "What am I going to say about this film? It's so straightforward, kind of thing." But well, I think there was a few weeks ago, and I watched it, so it's you know stuck with me for a couple of days afterwards. And you know, well, a few things, good. yeah, a few things came to mind, and I thought, "No, it is, it is a lot better than I originally thought," kind of thing. But Nick's synopsis earlier—that's literally just what happens in the film. You know, it, yeah, literally, yeah. it literally spoiled the film as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like my last note is a. Uh, they did a video game of it in like 2004 or something like that. I remember on PlayStation 2 it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Was this, was yeah, this a Rockstar yeah. game? 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rockstar. Yeah. It's like a beat-em-up kind of thing. What a strange uh, thing to uh, to bring back. Yeah, again, like just the weird cult thing. Oh, it, like, yeah, they picked up on. Well, the annoying thing is I've got it on PS2 and I've got it on PS4 because they brought out like a remastered version for the PS4. Yeah. I came to play it before the other day, thinking before the pod, I want to give it a go like and talk about it. But you can't play the PS4 version on the PS5. They haven't like... Uh, a lot of PS4 games work on oh, the PS5. Know, yeah. yeah, yeah. But for some reason, that one, you can't play on the PS5. So I was like, oh, great. I've got the P- P- PS2 downstairs, but I just didn't fancy going downstairs to play it kind of thing. I just wanted to play yeah. it on the, uh, on the big telly. But Have you got PS4 as well? No, I've got the PS5. Now I sold the PS4 when I got the PS5. That's grim that they've not made it backwards compatible then. Hopefully, at some point, it will come on there kind of thing. Because I bought it. Are notorious for having really poor backwards compatibility, aren't they? Who's that, sorry? PlayStation. Yeah, so the like on the Xbox, you can pretty much play anything now on the new uh, on the yeah. new Series X. Pretty much any generation of Xbox. Well, even the Xbox to... One. I've only got an Xbox One, but I can play all my Xbox 360 games on it fine, including yeah. original Xbox games. Yeah. As well. yeah, same for the Series X, but, but Sony just go the other way with it, don't they? I don't know what the ship. Well, actually, they, they want to have a Play Store sort of thing where you can rebuy old games, don't they? Yeah, yeah. keep selling the same game over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, it's worth mentioning though. Yeah. Oh, sorry, mate. It's worth mentioning that video game thing because I read a thing a while ago about how have you heard of the game called Target Renegade and Renegade old old beat 'em ups like a uh, Double Dragon. It, it was mm-hmm. like it was one of the precursors to, to Double Dragon. I don't know if you've heard right. of that. No. They're all they were the first side scrolling beat up games that then went on to become like Streets of Rage and stuff. And you know, Streets of Rage was I remember that as a kid, yeah, yeah, like Final Fight and stuff. And the the, the producer of Target Renegade was saying like that the influence for the game was the Warriors. And when you look at it, it's so obvious because they're just fighting the subways and stuff. But then you look at the other games that came on from that, like Streets of Rage and Final Fight, it's like this entire genre of games have been influenced by the Warriors, you know, like. Wow. Streets of Rage when you're fighting like all the coloured gangs and stuff, it's like just, yeah. just the warriors. <laughs> yeah. And you get to play as a, as a sexy woman in the Streets of Rage as well, don't you? Yeah, Blaze. Yeah, Blaze Fielding. Yeah, uh, I just feel like it's funny because the warriors has influenced, almost in, almost created an entire genre of video games. You know what I mean by that? So I find that interesting. Like, yeah. So it's only right then that the Rockstar came back and paid them homage with making a, a warriors game. Exactly, it all came round like that. They actually got a Warriors game, which was a beat em up, <laughs> like the I games think, that came from the Warriors. <laughs> I think I watched the Warriors around the time the Warriors game came out. Then if it was around two thousand and four. I would have been in high school. Yeah, I was the same. It was around that period, like that. I'd heard loads about the film, but never really seen it. Mm. And I just caught loads of little bits on Sky TV at the time, like but never watched the full thing. This is the first time I actually sat down and watched the full thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just think there's something to like the time travel element of watching fil- old films like this, like The Warriors, because it really does put you back in that time frame from like 1979. You know, like I should have really checked if it was filmed on location in New York or not, but because uh, this doesn't look anything like the New Yorker nowadays. <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm, I, you've been to New York. I've not. I've not been there, but I've seen it on that many films that I don't know. It, feels like you have been there in some ways, doesn't it? Especially when you're watching yeah. it through another camera. 
Like it got cleaned up a lot in the early 2000s by Rudy Giuliani, but he was, he was mayor of New York. But before that, it was very bad for crime and stuff, wasn't it? So uh, I imagine it did look like this for a long time. One yeah, thing uh, when you said, sorry, go on, John. Also, I was, I was going to say anything. Um, just just when you're going about on location, I'm not sure about whether it was location, but it's rare to see a film as old as this that does actual outdoor nighttime shots that aren't in a studio. Because the, the, some of the lenses, I'm not sure what they were using, but if you look at some of the back, especially right at the beginning of the film, some of the bokeh balls, which is the out of focus areas in the back of the image, they look amazing. They look giant, these things. So that, that says that the, yeah. the aperture on that lens is is probably you know quite a, quite a wide aperture lens. Um, and there's the bit where it's a sort of a, a it's like a, is it called a Ferris wheel? So like, you know, like the London Eye that goes round. Oh, was that That's Coney what, Island? Yeah. I think it was a Coney Island. I can't remember the name. It had the name of the Ferris wheel in the middle. They have like a fun fair there, don't they? In real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they did that in this film. Um, but being, it, it just looked kind of modern. And especially the, the way that the bokeh was rendered and things like that. It, it just looked like they used really nice equipment and modern equipment for its day as well. Because normally when you see an outdoor film, every when you see an old Western film from the 50s or 60s, if they do a nighttime scene, it's just daytime with a filter on, isn't it? Yeah. Because the mean, cameras yeah. couldn't handle filming at night because they just weren't yeah, really just too, just too dark, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with this film, it seems like they've gotten around that problem, especially with a lot of natural light and a lot of... Oh, they will have used um, like on-scene on, on, on lights, I'm sure, but just, yeah. just to see that like, sort of background blur and stuff and seeing these huge... These tiny lights being blown out into these massive balls in the background. It's just we're obviously using big lenses, especially with that scene early on where the, where the gang are all meeting. There's literally hundreds of extra, extras in that scene. You know what I mean? It's so like yeah, a big accomplishment. You know, so actually film all that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right, the bit that Cyrus gets when he, when he gets killed. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Right, guys, have you got anything else before you move on to ratings? Or? No, there they go. No, no, you've covered it all. Okay. I'll jump in then if that's okay. Uh, mentioned earlier that when I first watched it, I was just thinking, like, what am I going to talk about with this film? But over the course of a few days, things did stick with me and I started to think about things, especially the Mercy character. I was thinking, that, yeah, you know, it's, it's a really good film. Uh, <clears throat> you thinking about Mercy, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. No bra. <laughs> and her absence of bra, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, I don't, I don't think I mentioned that. Like, I, I think she's a class character, but I thought I thought she was great. I thought she was a very, uh, very attractive lady. Yeah. yeah. Well, she did a job really well. I think she was, yeah, the most believable character in the film as well. Yeah, definitely. So I'm going to give it a four out of five. Uh, it's one of them that, like, hopefully, they'll come up with a 4K version of it in the next, you know, the next year or whatever. Mm. Get it on 4K and give it a rewatch and keep bumping it up as I watch it, kind of thing. But for now, it's a uh, now it's a four out of five for me. I think the more you watch it in higher resolutions, it your your perception of it will decrease. Oh, I do reckon. I reckon <laughs> it might be like a three out three point nine out of five next time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back to it once I've got it on 4K and give you a give you a, a re-review. <laughs> <laughs> What are you guys saying? Go on, Nick. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, me- I remember like, I only watched it for the first time a few years ago. I think it was actually a recommendation from you in work, John. Um, oh, really? 
Yeah. Was it not? Uh, was it not Dom? I remember Dom loved it. Oh, did he? Maybe. Yeah, Dom's yeah. a big fan of the Warriors. I, I only, I only remember discussing it with you and then uh, watching it. Dom might have been the one to bring it up originally, so but I just maybe. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I've, I, there was only, re- but I I didn't rate it much the first time. I think um, I enjoyed it a lot more this time though. Um, but saying that, it's I'm still only going to give it a three point five out of five. Mm. Cool, right cool. Jimbo, what are you saying? I was when when we were talking about watching the Warriors, I was like. Yeah, I can't wait to watch that again. I watched it when I was a teenager and I, and I remember liking it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch it again. And I remember watching it. It was only a few hours ago I watched it. And I was like, oh, it's a little bit, you know, it's a bit cheesy. And it's a bit, but since we've spoke about it now in the podcast, actually, it's, I've thought about how much parts of it I actually do like. And it, it is cheesy, but it's sort of got some sort of gravitas to it, hasn't it? It's got yeah. some sort of special thing about it. I'm not sure what it is. Got a bit of weight um, to it. It's got, yeah. And it, it is cheesy and it's it's just what you'd expect from the 1975, 79 um, gangs of, of New York, street gangs. They're not, they're not proper gangsters, are they? They're not like mafia. They're just sort of like rapscallions from the street. You get the, get the switchblade out. They're not going to be... Yeah. Only one... Only, only one guy gets shot in the whole film, don't they? Who's that? Cyrus. I know that, uh, oh, yeah, Cyrus, yeah. I know that Fox gets thrown in front of a train, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, people get murdered, but, like, actually getting shot. There's a bit of a there's the bit where the, uh, the, the women are, like, shooting. Uh, oh, yeah, the the We didn't even mention the Lizzies, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, cut long story short, I probably, I probably just... I'm gonna say 2.5 out of five. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. I think I think it's more of a nostalgia factor that I like it, but it's definitely worth a watch. If you haven't seen it, give it a go. Maybe play the PlayStation game. Don't play it if you've got PS5 because you won't be able to. But <laughs> get it on PS2 or something like that. I do think the nostalgia thing, you know, I'm guilty of it myself. A lot of films that I like, we're gonna come on to the Omen 2 later on that I watched. And I remember watching that when I was literally about two or three years old, kind of thing. It was only a, a baby kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So it, it, I think nostalgia does bump it up for some people, but yeah, I can see why as a cult film. It's why we like Star Wars, probably, isn't it? Yeah, probably. If Star Wars came out tomorrow, we'd say it was shit. <laughs> but yeah, I can see why it's such a cult film, though. Mm. Right, then, do you want to get into uh, what else we've watched? Yeah. Cool, yeah, cool. You can, you can start, John. I, I've only got a couple of bits, really. I've not watched that much, so I'm the same. Mate. I've only got literally like two batches of films. Uh, the first one I just mentioned there, I watched uh, The Omen 2 and The Omen 3. I mentioned a few weeks ago that I watched The Omen 1 and loved it, rewatched yeah. it and loved it. Uh, and The Omen 2 and Omen 3 dropped on Disney Plus because they own 20th Century Fox now. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, so I jumped on them. Oh, sorry, Johnny, is the original Omen on there as well or not? You know what? I didn't even check that because I'd already watched it kind of thing. But yeah, if it's not on there, I'm pretty sure it'll be on Now TV because I watched it a few weeks ago on one of them. Right. That's one of the, that's one of the only subscriptions I've not got is Now TV. So. Ah, uh, right. Well, I've got, me, I've got me details in the group if you need to use it or anything. You can jump on a... I might give it a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So like the Omen 2, it's another, when I was a kid, used to really scare me kind of thing. Uh, I thought it was just as good as the first one. And it does feel like a sequel to the first one. I think a lot of old films have this thing where like, I think Jaws 2 feels like a proper sequel to Jaws 1. Jaws 2 is amazing. Yeah. See, for me, like, it's nowhere near as good as Jaws 1, but it, it, no. looks and feel, it looks and feels like a proper sequel to Jaws, to Jaws 1. I know what you mean. But then Jaws 3 goes off a cliff with a totally different direction yeah. entirely. It feels nothing like the first two. I think he brought, he brought something back to Jaws 1, though, then it always helps, and you've got the main cast. Yeah, you need a bit of, need something to tie it together, don't you, basically? Exactly, yeah. But Jaws 2, I think that, that's an amazing... I, I didn't think that would be anywhere near as good as it was as a sequel, but I thought it was yeah. all right. But it's a similar thing with this. Like, Jaws 2 goes more like a, like a slasher film than the first one did. It's more like a basic horror film than the first one. Yeah. And that's why it's not, that's why it's not as good. And The Omen 2 does a similar thing. It turns into like a slasher film kind of thing. And looking at it now, I'm convinced this is where they got the idea for Final Destination from because the whole film for Roman 2, which is a bit, consists of people finding out that Damien, uh, Damien is the son of the devil and then getting bumped off, you know, like Black like Death's killing them <laughs> off or something. In chronological order, or whatever order they're yeah. supposed to die. Like there's one bit where like a doctor does tests on Damien and finds out he's got like jackal blood because he's born from a jackal because he's the son of the devil. It's like, oh my what, God. So you're telling me they've looked at his blood and gone, that blood is actually from a jackal inside your brain. Yeah, it's got like it's got like jackal DNA or something. So this doctor's like, oh my god, what's going on here? Like he's starting to put the pieces together. Yeah. And he got all the gets all the paper put together and goes and gets in an elevator. The elevator crashes, and a big like wire cable that's holding the elevator up flies down and cuts him in half through the elevator. As if he wasn't dead enough already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He got chopped in half, but it's just such a fine destination, <laughs> you know, way to die kind of thing. <laughs> And, like, there's another guy who works for the Thorn Company who's, like, blocking a few plans that Damien's not happy with. And so, like, they're playing, uh, they're playing hockey on the ice one day and uh, he falls through the ice and they can't get to him and he dies. <laughs> Great. Fucking just, I really think that this is the fan destination, like, uh, where the idea came from. It could like, it's, it, it's fun, though. It's a fun film. It does feel like a sequel to the first one, even though it's nowhere near as good. But it does feel like a genuine sequel. Whereas The Omen 3 is like Jaws 3. It's just totally different. The Omen 3 well, is Alien like, 3. Yeah. See, I like Alien 3. I think it's quite interesting. But well, Terminator one, 2 almost feels like a real uh, sequel to Terminator 1 as well, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. Then Terminator 3 is completely off the scale. It feels nothing like the first two. Return of the Jedi doesn't feel anything like Empire Strikes Back, does it, sort of thing? Yeah. Well, that's a similar thing with this one. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Omen Three before, but no, Sam Neill, yeah, it's like set years later, and Sam Neill's playing the grown-up Damien, and he's the uh, the ambassador for the UK. Got like a big important job, and he's got his plans to like take over the world and stuff because the son of the devil. Mm. And the whole film just is based around seven priests who each have one of the daggers of Megiddo from the first film. The only thing that can kill the, uh, the son of the devil. Hmm. And one by one, they all try and kill him off, and like he uses his fan destination powers to kill them, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they almost forget it's a horror film, The Omen 3. It's really, really weird. Uh, like there's one bit where he gets attacked on a bridge by one of them with, a, with one, of the, one of the daggers, yeah. and he uh, and Damien uses a horse to like kick him off the bridge, <laughs> 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 stuff like that. Like, so the whole film is just like this. These priests queuing up to try and kill him one by one with these with these daggers. 
this just so anticlimactic kind of thing. Like, is that the son of the devil? You want, you, you want like a big, like, battle with him fighting Jesus? If you wanted <laughs> some guy to try and kill the son of the devil, you wouldn't just send a random old priest in there, would you? You'd say, look, here's this, here's this dagger. Give it to some some person who knows how to use the dagger, at least. Yeah, definitely. Like, so I expected the film to finish with, like, uh, him and Jesus in, like, a, a wrestling match or something. <laughs> you know, but it's just literally... Spoilers, he gets stabbed by a priest in, in a church, and that's it. Like a Bill and Ted sort of ending, was it? Yeah, very anticlimactic. But uh, no. just going back to like the, the whole premise of these films, I've got an issue with. Just think of this like in the Omen 2, people keep finding out that Damon is the son of the devil. And they're like, oh my God, we've got to tell someone to do it and kill him. But it's like, imagine now, like, say for example, like, say if me and Nick found out, Jimbo, you were the son of the devil. Yeah. Who would we tell? Like, what would happen? <laughs> No one would say a thing. No one would do a thing, though. Like you'd say, no one would believe you, would they? No, that's what I mean. Like you'd say, say, "Oh, James is the devil." By the way, like, what do you want me to do with this information? (laughs) Maybe that's why they didn't hire hitmen to kill the devil. Maybe they just said, "Look, we'll have to do it ourselves with these swords." Maybe, like like I said, this doctor was like, "Oh my god!" Like I've got to do something. I found out it's the son of the devil. But it's just like, what are you going to do? Phone the police? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was. This is a movie trope, isn't it? People ring the police. There's, there's a there's a there's a there's a giant monster trying to kill me. He's like, yeah, sure there is. Yeah, yeah, you just say, look, there's a man trying to kill me, and he's got a gun. And the police turn up, and it's oh, it turns out it's actually an alien. Okay, fine. At least the police are there at that point with guns, probably. Yeah. You'll be like, yeah, there's a giant fifty foot alien. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever you say. Let's be honest though. If someone <laughs> did call the police saying that someone's trying to kill him, they'd probably go around just because they thought they were nuts anyway, or they'd send someone around. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that's what I think should have really happened. It shouldn't have been Damien killing people off. It should have been like the doctor going to the police, oh my God, the son of the devil, we need to do something to kill him. And the police are like, cuckoo. Like, and there's been a lot of that yeah, and lock him up. Yeah. yeah. And, then the, and then one of the devil's guys is in the lunatic asylum and he torments him for eternity until yeah. he dies. <laughs> but I just think, like, if I was Damien, don't worry about these people. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> Get you arrested for being the son of the devil, kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'll give uh, the Omen two, give it three point five. Enjoyed it again. It's just a lot more cliched, a lot more of a horror film than the first one. So, but what would you give it, the first one as well? Well, the first one was a four point five, I think. Okay, one thing though with part two, it retains some of that cool soundtrack from the first one. You know, we, we mentioned it the other week. The uh, like, <laughs> yeah, like it sounds like Jewel of the Fate sort of music. Yeah, but they put a bit, bit more of a kind of like action beat on it now. Like, you know, I mean, it's got a bit of like bass underneath it and stuff like that. Like something like a drum I'm beat. I'm not even joking. Like, it literally, like, it starts off with like. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, Jerry Goldsmith who comes back from the first film. So he's like a quality composer. Right. The music in the third one's just garbage. I don't. I think. I think it actually was Jerry's Goldsmith, but it doesn't sound anything like the first two. He just lost his mind yeah, a little bit by this point. Yeah, the whole film went off a cliff a bit. Uh, part yeah. two, though, three point five. Part three, give it a two. It's only really worth watching as a twin the trilogy kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, has anybody else got anything? Yeah, I can go if you want. I've, yeah, I've, yeah, yeah. I've watched a few. I watched a film the other day. It's, it's a, it's a. I think it might have been like the late noughties It came out, but um, called The Losers. 
Oh, I've seen that. with so Chris Evans. Yeah, it's got Chris Evans, Idris Elba, Jeffrey oh, Elba. Morgan. Yeah, Jason Patrick's in it as the bad guy yeah. as well. Zoe Saldana. <laughs> yeah, it's from a comic book, isn't it? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it's based on a comic book. Yeah, it was, it was all right. I'd, I'd, I'd never heard of it until the day I watched it. Um, on Amazon Prime, it was. So, um, yeah, so I was so pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was actually quite yeah. good. Yeah, it was one of them. Like I think it was before Chris Evans was Captain America. It was, yeah. So it's not like uh, beefed up or anything. This is just like kind of like normal Chris Evans kind of. Thing. Well, yeah, he was like he was like a nerd in it. He was like a proper like nerd with, yeah. like, with like a funky mustache. He was he was almost <laughs> he was almost the um, Tony Stark character. <laughs> yeah, was he the tech guy? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'd, I'd I'd give it maybe, you know. Three out of five. So. Yeah. Was it worth a watch? Like, what's yeah. it now? It's uh, so um, there's five or six of them. So it's like, like I say, it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chris Evans, Idris Elba, and then some other people who I don't know. Um, and they're they're like a, 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 a special strike force, I suppose you'd call them. Yeah, they're uh, like the AC, aren't they? Pretty much, okay. yeah. And yeah, uh, expendable. And they get yeah. yeah, they, yeah. And they, right at the beginning of the film, they kind of uh, get fucked over, and the whole film's kind of about them kind of like getting their own back. I mean, I've, I've just, I've just kind of uh, that's barely even the film. I've, I've just kind of <laughs> uh, just narrowed that down to the very, very basics. But yeah, it's, it's enjoyable. Okay, I feel like uh, I feel like that's a bit of a trope. Whenever you, whenever you have a film like this of like a, a team of mercenaries or whatever. It's always about like them getting screwed over in the first 10 minutes and then like having to like get their own back. Like, like Predator is basically that. It's a team of mercenaries who get dropped into the jungle thinking they're doing one thing, but they're actually there to do something else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think, like, I think, yeah. I think like, like James mentioned there before, I mean, I don't know if he just said expendable or he was actually talking about the films, but the I think film was, yeah. yeah, I think I think the films are exactly the same, aren't they? <laughs> just yeah, literally that that team gets screwed over on, on a mission at the start, and then you have to spend the rest of the rest of the film putting it right, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so basically, the losers is that film <laughs> With, without <laughs> without such um, steadheads in it. <laughs> that, that, that is definitely a trope. That we need to make a list of these tropes. Even the eighteen. The tropes that I was thinking of. Go on. Also, just like the A-Team movie, it's like a team at the start who gets screwed over and get locked up and they all have to escape and then, like, put things right. It's just, it's such a trope, that. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious that what's going to happen. The, one of the yeah. tropes from, from the Warriors that, that I noticed, they go into, the, into the, the men's toilets and there's a big row of cubicles and it's like, okay, the feet have to go up because that's just what would happen in real life. You'd lift your feet up and you and it's a banging of all of the doors, like one by one. Is that <laughs> oh, a trope? Yes. I'd say that's a trope. I've seen that in a lot of films, definitely. A lot of horror films, usually. I think. Uh, yeah. You see that, and I'm sure. I'm sure, like every screen film, I'd die. <laughs> yeah, opening yeah. up the doors to see who's in there. Yeah. The anticipation of oh, is it going to be the person in the next cubicle? Like just on that on that kind of thing, like there's one bit in screen two which is just so ridiculous. Where I don't know if you remember this at all, but uh, the film starts off with a black couple in a cinema, and the guy goes to the toilet and he can hear yeah. something like whispering into the in the cubicle next to him. 
and he puts his ear up to the wall to hear better. And the guy stabs him through the uh, through the wall into his ear. Yeah. But just just thinking like the logistics of that, like he would have to hit the exact spot that the guy's head is up against the wall. It's a big wall, you know, I mean, it's a big cubicle wall kind of thing. Yeah. It could be anywhere. Oh, it's a scary movie. I was literally just going to say, all I can think of is scary movie too. Oh, one, <laughs> what happens in that? So, so he puts his ear up against the wall and then a penis. There's a glory hole. There's a glory hole. Oh, isn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a penis comes through into his ear and stabs yeah. <laughs> him in the head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty... But just as well, I think how hard it must be to like get a knife to go through a cubicle wall. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean, like, how strong is the knife? Like yeah. Well, sorry, Jimbo. Do you have another trope then? I'll cut you off. Uh, oh, no, I don't think I think scary movie is the, the king of the tropes, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose it is really. I mean, screaming itself is almost taking piss of the tropes of horror films, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. so in order for you know the Whalen brothers, or what they call to take the piss out of it, it's almost like they didn't get the original point. Yeah, Scream was already taking the piss out of it, kind of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, Nick, have you got anything more on the losers or? No, no, like I say, three out of five. I'd, I'd recommend watching it if you're into that kind of film, which, I mean, I, I was a fan of, uh, like, The Expendables and stuff. I, I quite enjoyed just the... Yeah, I like The Expendables. You know, just, just pure, like, raw action movies. I'm just I'm quite yeah. a fan of that sometimes. So, yeah, if you're into that, I'd recommend it, but... Cool, cool. Jimbo, have you got anything? Um, well... I watched a documentary the other day. Won't talk about it too much, but it's uh, called "Beware, Mr. Baker." Have you ever heard of this one? No. Ooh, and I feel like I have heard of the name, but well, it's about Ginger Baker, who used to be the drummer for Cream, to the rock band Cream with Eric Clapton in, in the sixties. Yeah. And he was known for being a lunatic, just like an absolute, just loose cannon. But he had a different style of drumming. It was like more African themed. And the documentary goes into it a little bit. And there's one sort of thing in the documentary, and it's almost like unethical or inethical. The, 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 the bloke who's doing the documentary claimed to be from like Vanity Fair or like you know, GQ, or he, he, he claimed to be like this big magazine or Rolling Stone or someone, I think it was. So Ginger Baker agreed to the documentary, but he just bullshit him. He wasn't for that. He was just a journalist and he just wanted Ginger Baker. He was one of the, are you allowed to just, I could just say I work for the BBC now and just get an interview with someone and, no, I think that's highly frowned upon, isn't it, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. I think it is, yeah. yeah. This guy fucking did it anyway. And it's the documentary's worthwhile watching, but it just shows you, like, what, what he was like in his in his life as, like, a heroin adult rock star, and also what he's like now. He's, like, a nutter still. Um, not really going to give it a rating or anything like that, but I would highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's, it's called uh, Beware Mr. Baker. It's, it's just an interesting insight into a rock and roll sort of nice. like well legend isn't he uh, ginger baker so yeah i'm definitely uh interested in that i've still not watched the one you mentioned last time the cuba and the cameraman i need to give that a watch yeah yeah cuba and the cameraman is actually brilliant i highly recommend if you haven't that's on netflix as well if you haven't seen that then and also just just quickly to drop one in uh, who shot the sheriff which i think is either on netflix or amazon i can't remember now it's about bob marley and it's about um but it's not just about Bob Marley's music, it's about the way that Bob Marley got shot and stuff like that. He was like, yeah. he was involved in politics and stuff and people wanted him dead at some point. So 
Uh, there's a documentary about him called Who Shot the Sheriff? And that was actually that in a similar vein. Is that on Netflix? I think, it, well? I think it's Netflix, yeah. It might yeah, be Amazon or I'm pretty sure ne- it's Netflix. Netflix are dropping a lot of uh, documentaries about celebrities at the moment, aren't they? They did uh, decent they, ones. These are these these ones are both decent doc- documentaries. I've not, I've, I've not seen it, but there's a Britney Spears one that's just gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, I've not seen I've, it. I've, yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been recommended oh. to to watch it. And the other I'm one the other one I watched was I did actually watch uh, Biggie. I've got a story to tell. Oh shit! It does look good, that. Yeah. It was actually really good. I, I, I felt like I learned quite a lot about him and stuff. It was quite quite a decent watch. Yeah, it was in the top ten on it last week. Yeah. On, um, Netflix. Yeah. I'll check out Britney for the next one. Defo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there's a Britney Spears one, a Biggie Smalls one, a Ginger Baker one, and a Bob Marley one. Quite opposites of all ends of the spectrum there. You guys know how Bob Marley died? Yeah, yeah, I do. He had he, um, cancer of the foot, didn't he? Well, he, apparently he was playing football and he he hurt his he injured himself, and he could have sorted it out there and then. But because of his religion, which is Rastafarianism, um, you're not allowed yeah. to have a, anything chopped off or you know medically looked at in the same way. And he just he, he probably would have been alive today if. He'd allowed medical science to help him. I think I might be wrong on this. I'll double check for the next episode, but I think it's a bit of an urban legend. What, what it is, do you guys know Danny Baker? The BBC, like, journal, well, say journalist, there's like a radio host and stuff like that. No, I don't think I do. I think, I don't know if you, if you see him, he used to do like fancy football in the 90s and stuff like that. Right. Big, big Millwall fan, basically. He's known for being a Millwall fan. What, a bit of a, a, bit of a lad? Well, a bit of a lad, but he's actually a, I think he's a great, uh, when you think of Millwall fans, you think of like football factory and stuff, don't you? Yeah, yeah. He's more of a more of a nice guy kind of thing, but right, okay. uh, he's one of my favourite like radio personalities. I think he's a great. Uh, he does commentary on the football sometimes, stuff like that. Like, uh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. But he, it was him who who broke Bob Marley's foot playing football in a charity match. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so he actually did it. And he believed that it was him who basically gave him foot cancer kind of thing. Yeah. I think the official word is that, a bit like we mentioned last time with Harry Houdini, it wasn't the, the punch that that gave him appendicitis. He already had it, and the punch, like, set it off kind of thing. So if apparently Bob Marley... Him, he learned about it earlier than he would have otherwise. Exactly. Like, Bob Marley, probably, he had this foot cancer or whatever. Danny Baker broke his foot. And then eventually, after after finally like looking at it at a doctor, that's where they found out he had an issue. Right. Okay. I, I think Danny Baker thought for years that he'd given him fucking like cancer by breaking his foot, but apparently it, it just it just highlighted it basically. You know what I mean? It's possible though, isn't it? It's possible you could you could injure yourself and then that could become cancerous after, isn't it? Like that that badly. Uh... But yeah, it was Danny Baker apparently who did it. I'll have, I'll have to double check that. I hope I'm not passing on an urban legend here, but I'm pretty sure it was Danny Baker. <laughs> well. Yeah, that's interesting. Interesting bit of uh, trivia, even if it's not true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just making, I'm just making stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, um, but quickly, yeah. The, other than that, I probably won't even rate it. I'll just say it's definitely worth a watch. The, uh, the other films I've, I've not really watched so many films lately, but I did. We did watch uh, Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough. The two, um, two of the other yeah. Pierce Brosnan Bond films. I'll just quickly go over them. I'd probably yeah. say the world is not enough. It's is way better than Tomorrow Never Dies as yeah, a film. Totally. When I first watched the world is not enough, 
I wasn't that impressed, but after watching it, like after rewatching it over the years, yeah, I think I think it's one of the best Bond films. Now the world's not enough. I really like it. It's up there. Well, it's it's not one of my favourite ones, but it's it's a good one. But when it comes to Goldeneye, which is obviously Pierce Brosnan's first one, which was amazing, I I, I stick by the standpoint of if any Bond film, if, if it's the first Bond film that an actor has done, it's likely to be one of the better ones. And if it's got the word gold in it. That might be it. Might be good as well. <laughs> well, this one ticked both boxes. Goldeneye. Goldeneye is a great Bond film, but I feel that the world is not enough. It's a true sequel to Goldeneye. It's even got um, Valentin Dimitri Vyskovsky in it, hasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name Bobby again? Coltrane. Bobby Coltrane's character. Yeah. Um, and he was brilliant in both of them. Uh, but he gets, he gets killed in the world's not enough, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he does by Electric King, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, I feel as though The World Is Not Enough is the actual proper spiritual successor to GoldenEye. The, the, the Tomorrow Never Dies didn't really do it. It just wasn't there. Was not, not much happened. It's funny because um, at the time I, I loved Tomorrow Never Dies and I, and I wasn't a massive fan of The World's Not Enough. But over the yeah. years, it's totally, I've totally flipped kind of thing. Yeah, I think it's GoldenEye is, is the best Pierce Brosnan one. Then The World's Not Enough and then someone of a day, then Dying of a Day, but only because Dying of a Day was so tragically bad. Yeah. Uh, and uh, World is Not Enough as well. It's the last uh, appearance Cute. for Q. Yeah. I love the way he goes out as well. Oh, it's Cute. so beautiful the way he goes. Yeah. He goes, there's two There's two things I've always tried to teach you, Bond. First, never, let them, see you bleed. never let them see you bleed and always have an it's escape that, plan. Yeah. He just, he just lowers down out the sea. <laughs> it's as if he knew that he wasn't coming back. Because yeah. even Bond says, you're not, you're not planning on retiring anytime soon, are you, Q? And he goes, but I can't remember what he says, but it's like, he, he sort of is, is implying that he's planning on retiring. But do you, yeah. know, do you know how Desmond Llewellyn, Desmond Llewellyn died? Yeah, it was a high-speed car crash, wasn't it? Yeah. What a shame. You wouldn't expect, he, he must have been in his 80s. You wouldn't expect, well, I mean, the way 80 year olds drive. He might have been early 90s, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he might have been. He was an old bloke. Well, yeah, um, what a way to go out, though. I know. What a shame. Yeah. But yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, one day we'll get around to them when we get around to these past the first 20 Bond films. <laughs> yeah. And we'll do Chitty Chitty Bang Bang as well, just in Ed, uh, Desmond Llewellyn's uh, Just Good Taste as well. Oh, was he in that? Yeah. Yeah, it, co coincidentally, it was also written by uh, Ian Fleming as well. Um, yeah, and Roald Dahl. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and Roald Dahl. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he, he Desmond Llewellyn, obviously. I, don't, I think Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was mid-60s, wasn't it? So I think Bond was already a thing. Desmond Llewellyn was already in Bond. Yeah. Uh, Ian Fleming had already obviously made the Bond film, so I think it was just sort of one of his, maybe his children's films, wasn't it, sort of thing? But, yeah. But yeah, uh, I'd, I'd, I've not really got a rating for either of them. Sorry, lads, but they're just the films I've watched lately. No, that's fine. I said we'll, we'll get round to them one day anyway to uh, cover them in full. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah. I watched uh, Blade 1 and Blade 2. I got Blade 1 on 4K a few weeks ago when it got released. Gave it a watch. and uh, I wasn't really uh, expecting much because it's probably the first time since like the year 2000 I've watched it. Honestly? Uh, yeah. It's one of them though. Like uh, this was a massive film for me, like in like '99. Me and all my mates, like talk about nostalgia before. This was definitely, uh, definitely a nostalgia film. 
like from like 98, 99, me and all my mates would uh, play GoldenEye pretty much every night of the week. But we'd have like uh, the N64 running. And then like I had a second TV set up in my bedroom at the time where we were, when I lived back in Birchwood. And uh, we had like just Blade on the second TV. <laughs> yeah. Every night we'd put Blade on and then just play GoldenEye on the other TV kind of thing. Uh, one of our listeners, Ian, he'll probably remember like pretty much every night just playing GoldenEye and uh, <laughs> watching Blade. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like it, it's one of them that films that like watching it again this time it, i realized how much it's like ingrained in my kind of psyche like yeah there's what there's yeah. one bit where it starts off in that that uh big bloodbath rave at the start is that number one amazing yeah, yeah number one it's got that uh, in the flight, london that music that like it's one of them i was watching and thinking like where have i heard this film from it's so familiar and i was like Oh yeah, Blade. When I used to watch it all the fucking time. That's, that's yeah. what I was <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that whole scene, like even like the opening credits, looks so good. It's like big blood, red letters on black and stuff. Like, uh, yeah. it's really, really stylish film. Like the effects don't look good anymore. But I'm saying that they didn't really look good, look good at the time, to be honest. Uh, but I'm fine with them because they just look like a product of the time kind of thing. Uh, yeah, they look fine. They don't look bad, do they? It's not offensive or anything. I, I like it because I thought I've always thought that CGI, no one will be nostalgic for CGI because it doesn't have character like like yeah. physical effects do. But the more and more I'm seeing of these old films, I'm like, I actually like that CGI, to be honest. <laughs> like episode one CGI. To be fair, episode one CGI, Star Wars, it doesn't look that Literally, bad. Literally, that's what I was just thinking of then. Like, I always thought, like, oh, the CGI, you know, it's not as good as practical effects, but now when I watch The Phantom Menace, I'm like, oh, I actually do quite like the CGI in this. To be yeah. <laughs> the Phantom yeah, Menace has got the best visuals of any of the, the prequel trilogies, I think. Oh, definitely. It's the only one shot on film. Yeah, so it looks well better than yeah. the other two. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, really enjoyed Blade 1. Uh, I really miss as well just films that were, that have proper action stars that do their own stunts and stuff like... Uh, yeah, Wesley's nice. Lot- yeah, a lot of the action is just done by Wesley Snipes. So, like, you can tell sometimes when he's doing, like, sword fighting. He's not a trained swordsman, but no, it doesn't matter because you're, you're watching the actor doing his own moves kind of thing, you know what I mean? Which is pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, it makes you respect it a bit more, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, I uh, love Blade 1. Probably give that, like, a 4.5. Nice. Uh, and after watching that, Blade 2 was on amazon prime so i just thought oh yeah stick on stick that on go go back and watch blade 2 as well always loved blade 2 but it wasn't as big as blade 1 form kind of thing but give it a watch it's a glamour del toro one of his first films which he's amazing yeah great director and i love blade 2 as well like uh we were talking before about like how the first and second films of, of a series can feel you could just tell the part of the same series. I think you can with these two, even though it's different directors. Yeah. But they both have an individual look. Like, I think, like, Blade's very kind of black and red. I feel like Blade 2 is more bluey. Sort of more Matrix-themed. Yeah, maybe, yeah, because it came out after the Matrix, so maybe more, like, uh, that kind of theme to it. Just very, like, Russian and... Very, well, it's actually uh, the Czech Republic, I think, where it's filmed. Right. But it's just very kind of, like, Eastern European and very blue kind of thing, uh, Really enjoyed it though, like in uh, Blade Two, equally as good as the first one. Again, is great Blade, action scenes. Is Blade Two the one where the where the vampire's mouths open sideways? 
Yeah, that's right. So it's a different strain of vamp- vampirism in part two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's worth mentioning, though, where uh, you'll like it, Nick. Uh, Norman Reedus. This is probably the first time I've seen him in anything. Oh, really? Why number two? He, yeah. Uh, like Whistler got killed in the first one. Yeah. But they come up with some convoluted plan in part two to bring Whistler back. Yeah. Before they did. Oh, sorry. No, yeah, it was strange that he was he, he was definitely killed in the first one, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely dead. But they, they, they have some like weird rule where like, no, no, he, he was bitten, so he was halfway through turning into a vampire when he died or something. <laughs> so they've got some big like convoluted plans to go and find him and bring him back. But in the meantime, he's being helped out by a guy called Scud, who's Norman Reedus. <laughs> nice. But he's no kind way. of fun to tell me. He's just a bit of a bit of a creep kind of thing, like, but he's, he's quite good. <laughs> I'd only ever seen Norman Reedus the first time in Walking Dead. That's First time I've ever seen him. See, I loved him yeah. in uh, Boondock Saints. I, I, I was a big fan. I hated that film. I absolutely hated I was, hated I was a big fan of it myself, so I, I quite liked him from that. It's funny, like with Boondock Saints, I've, I've heard people say they absolutely hate it, and I've heard people say they absolutely love it, kind of thing. I never hear anyone in the, in the middle with Boondock no. Saints. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, should, we, we could do a pod about that as well then. Yeah, that's like, like another podcast before. It would be quite I'd interesting. Have you never seen it? Well, a bit like Warriors, I've never seen it all the way through. I've just seen oh. bits and bobs here, like Willem Dafoe and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. I've never watched it all the way through. Or was that part two when Willem Dafoe was in it? No, no, Willem Dafoe's in the first one. I think it's in might, the first one. It might, it might be in the second one, but the second one's terrible. There's a Boondog Saints too, is there? It might even be a free now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was was part two called like All Saints Day or something like that? <laughs> something like that, yeah. It's it's not very good, the second one. They're going with the Irish theme, aren't they? Yeah. We'll have to work, keep keep that in mind for a future pod, Boondocks. Maybe for Paddy's Day. Paddy's Day's coming up soon, isn't it? So, Yeah, next week, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or this week, even. Is it actually? Is it the 9th? Shame all the pubs aren't Normally open. the 17th, I think. I know, no pubs open. Can't go for a Guinness. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like on the Blade thing, it's just great seeing like, uh, essentially Marvel comic book films. That are like R-rated with loads of blood yeah. and gore, you know, stuff like that yeah. kind of thing. It's it the coolest Marvel film, isn't it? Yeah. One of the cooler Marvel films. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We oh, uh, just one little bit as well. Like uh, the film ends with him in London. They had a habit of any of the Blade films where like he'd go to a different location. Like the first one ends where he goes to Russia. In Russia or somewhere. In yeah. Russia. Then in part two, it ends with him in London. And he kills uh, like a vampire at a peep show, you know, in like Soho or somewhere like that. Yeah. yeah. And the, the peep show, the actual place is called Fucking from Palace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sick. Well, that was quite good. But uh, I'll rate them both like 4.5 out of 5. I thought they were nice. both absolutely class. Really enjoyed them. Uh, yeah, really, really pleasant rewatches. Yeah. Me... Blade is always a good rewatch, the original one, especially. Let me just yeah. ask you um, both, actually, I suppose. Um, and what, what's your opinion on Mahashala Ali taking over the mantle of Blade? Was that official? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm fine with that. The only thing is, I don't think he looks very fierce, does he? Who is he? I, never, I don't even know what he looks like. Has yeah, he been? He's been in quite a lot of films. So. Yeah. Have you watched Moonlight? No. Uh, have oh, you watched I've... House of Cards, the TV show? No. What about no. Green? What about Green Book? Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, it's the black dude in Green Book. Oh, <laughs> yeah. right. The opposite guy to... Um, Ego, yeah. 
Legolas fellas, yeah. not Legolas. Vigo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is it, it's, it's fantastic. I love my shall I He didn't it? look scary, he looks like a nice fella. I don't I think Blade should be a scary looking guy. That's right. Really, he looks like a nice guy, don't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see see what happens, what he does with the role. He, he is a class actor, yeah. so um but are they bringing Blade back as like are they going to bring him into like the actual universe of Marvel? Are they? Yeah, yeah, it's it's been included in the MCU. Yeah, interesting. They'll do anything, won't they? Now, I mean, they're just they're just building the entire universe of Marvel in film, aren't they? But um, I mean, they're, they're bringing vampires into the Sony bit, aren't they? With with Jared Leto, yeah. they're bringing witches witches into bloody uh, One Division. They are. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think I'm all done, guys, for films. Have you guys got anything more? Or... Nope. No, I don't think I've watched anything else. <laughs> no props. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up there, then, if you're okay with that. <clears throat> Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so uh, we'll be back again in two weeks' time, guys, with another episode. We're not sure what the film is yet, but we'll uh, we'll come up with something. But uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, thank you and we'll see you in a couple. Yeah, see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Ta-ra. Cheers, bye. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can email with any feedback or complaints at don'tspoiltheending at gmail.com or you can tweet us at DSTE Podcast. Thanks for watching.